Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, good late afternoon on the East Coast. It's uh, more early mid-afternoon on the West Coast. And we got it both covered here today on Soccer in the City. I'm Glenn Crooks, joined momentarily by Roberto Abramowitz and also John Rojas. So some of the things we're going to cover today, uh, I was out at training and uh, good to be there. Good to see what was happening, the injured players, what they were doing. So we'll get into some detail about that since uh, three of those injured are uh, all starting 11 type players and try to uh, sort out where they might end up uh, getting back into the lineup. Uh, New York City coming off the 6-0 victory over RSL. Obviously, we'll cover that and, and, and see how that might impact leading into Toronto FC, a much improved club. A couple of managers fired recently, including one today uh, in MLS. Uh, Keaton Parks, uh, he'll be a, a halftime interview guest on the New York City FC Network for our broadcast this Sunday. We're going to play a couple of clips from uh, Keaton, who has come back successfully from a, a very uh, serious injury. So those are uh, just a few of the things that uh, we're going to cover here. And uh, why not? And there they are. Oh, we, we promised we would do it this way. And there it is. Just John Rojas in the middle. Roberto Abramowitz on the right. Do you guys see it the same way? I'm on the left. You know, is that the way yes. you see it? Yes. You are. We do, actually. Okay. Well, uh, Let's go over training today first, and then uh, I think it will elicit maybe some comments. We'll take comments and questions. Uh, we already got one, um, at least one that, that came in before uh, before we started here. But uh, it's uh, Maxi Morales on the side training. He's got a rib issue, and he's not playing this weekend. Uh, uh, Maxime Cheneau. Now, both Cheneau and Morales, they were in the gym for an extended period. Then they came out later and, and did some uh, more plyometric stuff than anything and, and kind of stop and go. Cheneau had the ball a little bit. I, I, I would guess, just by observation, that Cheneau's a little ahead of Maxime Morales. But Maxime Cheneau, we wouldn't expect to see him either. Uh, he had a serious eye injury that was, uh, as uh, Melvin, the athletic trainer, put it, friendly fire he got elbowed accidentally by a teammate a Luxembourg teammate uh during a, a friendly against Bulgaria and uh, he hasn't been able to play since in fact he had to stay in Bulgaria until the swelling went down because they wouldn't let him fly because of the uh the altitude and what happens with too much the friendly swelling fire lately Glenn there there yeah. it happened with Maxi Morales was friendly fire too yeah, that was friendly fire as well in a training session. And 
then the third player. Uh, so those two, it's really difficult to tell exactly when they'll be back, but uh, I wouldn't expect uh, all that soon. So, uh, you know, they'll reestablish and reevaluate next week leading into the San Jose match, which will have some interest due to the their coaching situation. And then Tiago Martins, who went down in the RSL match, which, which when he went down, it looked like a non-contact sort of knee injury, but his knee is fine, and apparently it's hamstring, and hamstrings are hamstrings. We don't know what grade it is. Again, he was out on the side doing some work. Nothing with a ball today, so uh, you would think that um, he's highly questionable for the weekend. So Vuk Latinovich was taking most of the reps at uh, right central defense for New York City FC. And uh, so that's an area with uh, uh, not a lot of depth at this point due to the uh, injury to Cheneau, now the injury to Martins, and Samuel Owusu, uh, one of the homegrowns who is was projected to spend most of his time, if not all of his time, with New York City FC2. Well, he's been traveling with the team. And I would think if Martins can't go, he'll at the very least be on the bench for this uh, game against uh, Toronto on Sunday. So despite all the good news, John 6-0 on the weekend, Roberto, it's uh, now you're, you're trying to sort out these injuries and down a playmaker, down a center back who, along with Alexander Collins, you have to say is one of the best pairings in the league. And then... Chano's replacement and a guy who's a designated player, uh, he looks to be down too. So it's um, it's not good news on the injury front, but good teams provide the depth. And, and for a younger player, a, an inexperienced player, you said, this is your opportunity, man. Go get it. That's exactly what happens, Glenn. I mean, first you try to build a deep roster for these kind of situations because no team makes a attempt of having these situations. Some teams have them more than others, and 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 the the matter of injuries and and absence are deeper for some teams than others. But every single team had those elements on their season. So you first try to build the team as deep as possible, and then, like you said, you got the youngsters, and and they had to take advantage of every single opportunity that you know they have hands on, and and that's what the club is expecting of those players. And by the way, let me know when I take this off because I just want to take it off. <laughs> no, we're going to very good, by the way. So explain talk. what it does at least. What is it and what does it do? Uh, there we go. So go at least you can get your royalty. John was so excited. John wanted to, John called me about this uh, device, which he'd been using and, uh, and, and, and uh, understood it. And he said, you might be interested in this for your show. So uh, that's the series. Yeah. And, and, and we we missed one opportunity because we should have right now a picture of Jeremy Evovise and a picture of Omar Gonzalez, who uh -huh. are the two MLS players that are using it right now. And it's, and why are they using it? Go ahead. There's, exactly. There's a few brands out there. There's one specific that I that I mentioned to you, but the idea of this is is, is a collar that, as you see, is around your neck. And the idea of this is. It creates some pressure on the veins, and for that reason, the the player has more blood running around their uh, skull, right? On their cranium, they have more blood running, and that protects them from impacts, especially this is important for players that have been under concussion protocol because you're taking care of not having to relapse soon 
you want to, you know, you're totally out of the protocol, but you go back to competition. So you want to take care of yourself. And others decided to do it just because, you know, maybe they had concussions a few years back and now yeah, they got yeah. into this technology. So it's good for them. So the and whole then, idea you wear is, it, you wear it during competition, during the yes. competition. Yeah, it's, it's totally, it's, it's different on the sense that, of course, for competition, it's a, it's a slimmer and, and it's easy to manage. It's more like, a, it's not a tape per se, but it's as slim as a tape. So you don't feel it that bulky like this one that I'm having right now. But that's Okay, can you idea. please explain a little bit more what it is and how what it looks like for those of us who are going to wind up listening to this on the podcast and not watching the video? Yeah, for the, for, for the yeah, you're right. So for the for the higher competition of players or athletes is a kind of a tape, like a collar that you put on your neck. It's around your neck. It's not totally around. You have a little entry in front. You right? know what it looks like? It looks like a headset that you drop it's down on your neck. Like you drop it yeah, down. Yeah, you drop it down on your neck, and that's that's what I thought you were wearing. And, actually, I mean so. that's what it is. It yeah. looks like one of those tapes that players are using now for muscular right tension and all that so now they're using it because that but but that the device has a little electric uh signal that is the one that is creating some pressure on the veins and generating more blood running through the head that's that's basically the idea so it's kind of like this yeah it almost looks it's, like it's, a head. So let me describe this it. This one is both like here. Over the this ear is... headphone, but instead of putting it on your ears, you put it on your neck, and it right. comes a little bit towards the front. Not doesn't fully surround you, but it gets closer to the front of your Adam's apple. And so, with electric stimulation, it helps blood flow. And uh, well, tell me this. Protect you. Not bad. Then, and it doesn't. Uh, doesn't. It doesn't. Sorry, Glenn. It doesn't. It doesn't limit your movement, right. or your range, or anything. Well, the, t tell me this: Was uh, 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 say was he wearing it when he hit, scored on that free kick? Yes. Was, of all course. right, there you go. The blood was rushing, and he freaking <laughs> hit a bullet into the upper nines. Yeah, I, I saw all credit I saw to the Omar collar. Gonzalez wearing Cue it. Cue collar. Yeah, I I saw uh, Omar Gonzalez wearing it <laughs> okay. a few weeks before uh, Jeremy. Wow. Yeah, but Obovacy's Ob free kick didn't exactly help uh, Almeida, did it? Or maybe it did. Maybe he well, wanted out, and, he, and that helped him on the way out. But he wanted out. That's, that's... He wanted out. Yeah, I, 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 I want to get to those uh, two situations, Almeida with uh, San Jose, which is important to New York City FC because they play the Earthquakes uh, a week uh, from this weekend. And then Hernan Losada uh, was fired today by DC United, and uh, New York City has two matches with them uh, coming up. Uh, their next road match, in fact, New York City will be at uh, Audi Field on May the 18th. But let's let's go six nil over RSL, and a special treat today, everybody. You're going to see. I think you're seeing all six goals. Now we we uh, we share our time here. We're all part of the New York City FC network. I'm on the English side. Uh, John Rojas is actually more on the English side than he is on the Spanish side these days. And <laughs> he's Roberto, our hybrid. He, he is, is our hybrid, hybrid of the. Of well, the listen, I got hybrid. the final, right? Yeah, you got the <laughs> final. And uh, but here are uh, Roberto Abramowitz and Ariel Hudas, uh, and uh, some of the highlights uh, from the match on the weekend. Gran atajada de McMath. Realmente una muy buena atajada del portero suplente de Sol. Aquí está un remate. Gol! New York City, 
el remate de cabeza para el gol de Tati Castellano, su primero del año. En el tiro de esquina, New York City arriba 1-0. Prolonga para Magno, cruza la media cancha por el lado izquierdo. Ahora filtra un balón. Aquí está Tiago Andrade. ¡Gol! ¡Gol de New York City! Tiago Andrade usando esa velocidad enorme que tiene. Le gana la defensa, el pase es perfecto. Y New York City está arriba, dos goles a cero. Arranca Castellanos, gol de Tati. Y jugó en Toronto con la costilla rota. Aquí está un balón filtrado, New York City se mete y gol. Diego Andrade. Segundo del partido, 4-0, la velocidad mata. A la primera vez fue al lado derecho, a ver dónde va, arranca para, tira y gol. McMath la alcanzó, pero la empujó solo al poste. Tati Castellanos tiene su triplete, New York City, arriba, 5 goles a 0. Call from mom, answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, un error de... Y gol para New York City. Tati Castellanos tiene cuatro. Error de salida, se la regalan a Castellanos, manda el tiro, es desviado, se mete al arco, 6-0. Y Castellanos se convierte en el primer jugador de la historia en anotar cuatro goles en un partido. All right, man. Well done, Roberto. That's the first time you might have heard me, Glenn. That's not the first time I've heard you. I listened to the clips, and uh, uh, Tanner Smith, our... Uh, our young uh, friend uh, with the uh, uh, on the digital side and who uh, produces a lot of these things, and uh, along with Jose Medrano, uh, they do such a great job behind the scenes when you watch those. And uh, 
but that oh, that is great. that is really well done. Well, let's let's. I'm gonna play uh, just one from Maddie and I, Maddie Lawrence and I. <laughs> yeah, let's and, not do twelve, please. No, this and this is only thirty four <laughs> seconds. A nice through ball now to Tiago Andrade, one on one with the keeper, and it's a brace for Tiago and a four nil lead for New York City. McGrath coming off his line. Tiago from outside the area just drilled it past the RSL keeper. It's a terrific ball from Santi Rodriguez, but that South American triumvirate once again, the young, talented player. Santi Rodriguez is the player who touches the, or passes the ball in, but Tyler's Magno as well. He jumps out the way of the ball. It's almost a little dummy. So tying the club record six goals and uh, Tati breaking uh, the club record four in a single game and uh, two hat tricks now. It only a uh, New York City player to do that. But I, I put that clip out and I don't know if you guys saw my comment on it because Maddie called it a kind of a dummy. And I've always thought I don't think we've ever discussed this. I You know, so publicly I get to talk about it. I think guys that let the ball run and a goal is scored. If they're going to give out – MLS is the double assist league, right? Remember Tiago Martins, Second he played a assist. square ball. Yeah. He played mm-hmm. a square ball to Santi Rodriguez, who had a beautiful cross on the Eber goal in Toronto. And Tiago Martins got an assist. Here, Magno draws the defender, jumps over the – you know, he everything is on purpose. And and that's why Tiago Martinez, if you notice, his first touch was poor to set it up. He had all day to just prepare and drill that. But what do you think? If you're gonna give out all these assists, shouldn't you get an assist for a dummy? I believe so. I think so. I'm I, I'm I'm with you all the way. Especially, I mean, you identify very easily when those movements are on purpose, right? Right, right. Like in this case, I mean, he knew that that ball wasn't for him. Right. So he needs to jump because he's not going to get in the middle. He's not going to get on the way of that ball because he knows that that ball is crossing to the other side because the space is there. And because they, they have uh, uh, his teammate running back there. So he's not going to get in the way and he is doing it on purpose. And we see those kind of players uh, with that mentality doing it. Tati did it at Tati some point. It, yeah. Maxi was, does it. Santi wasn't ready for it or something. Yeah. Exactly. Tati did it against Seattle. That, that was the only goal. That was the uh, that was the goal Santi Rodriguez scored. And Tati one, drew right. the defense by letting the ball go through his legs, and that opened up the space for Santiago to come in and score. That's even and more I agree, clear an assist. Now Mango- I know that you think that I don't agree with you on anything, Glenn, and uh, you've made this point, but I fully agree with you on this. I I think that as Glenn as as uh, rather uh, John said, it's purposeful. So, you know, when you make a play, a purposeful play like that, that involves a ball, although you don't touch it, then I think that you, you should play get credit TV, for it. Right? You're actually playing the ball, even yeah. without touching it. Without touching yeah. the ball, you're playing the exactly. ball because you're drawing exactly. a defender. You're Absolutely. making a play on the ball because they have to respect the, play, the, the fact that the ball is coming towards you and they have to respect that. And, and so, that, yeah, I agree that uh, you sh- if you're going to be giving out secondary assists, Give out an assist for that. Yeah, that. And, and one of the things, Glenn, one of the things yeah. that always uh, you analyze and coaches tell you uh, the game is all about is exactly that: ball, space, and players. Either your teammates or opposition players, right? 
So when you do those kind of moves, you have an in consideration the three big elements of the game. Yeah. Well, all right. So we solved that. We'll uh, we uh, but we need to start a campaign. That's the only way it's going to change. And we've seen if you know if you make something public enough and there's enough support. Sometimes you it, it can elicit change. I doubt this will yeah. work, but MLS hey. is the second assist league, which I don't. I don't even. I'm not even a a, a strong proponent of giving you know a secondary assist. Secondary I assist. think you know. But if you're going to, then come on, man, come right. on. Hey, I have to admit something. So on right before Tati scored the first goal off the corner, which was sensational, uh, Tiago Martins just moments earlier. Uh, struck a header that was saved by uh, Zach Math. and uh, I have to um, I have to admit I called it a goal from our vantage point <laughs> and Maddie kind of he was nice about it he was like uh, uh. but I want to <laughs> show people why I might see it as a goal so this is the, this is the seating chart at Yankee Stadium okay and there's the soccer field right you see the green pitch there those blue dots there's three of them on that, my face, right? Yeah, that's where that's where we sit for these games. And if you look at that far left goal and far left corner, it's sometimes so darn difficult to uh, to actually see. So I want everybody to know our vantage point is from behind home plate when it's a baseball field, which is great for John Sterling and Susan Waldman calling the game. Uh, but what I on that call, I thought I thought. Uh, well, I thought it was pretty funny. Matt laughed. Is that uh, <laughs> that week, John Sterling, I, I just gave it the old John Sterling. He called a home run that the left fielder caught. Yes, so I kinda, he's done that often. But yeah, it's happened before, but uh, it, it was one, it really made the headlines. So it, it's hard. So it was a John just... Sterling moment because it's so far away. Hey, uh, Glenn. Yes, I'm not as old as John, but I'm getting there, I guess. But your yeah. balls are bigger. <laughs> Say your what? Balls are bigger. Your balls uh, are bigger. Balls. Yes, soccer okay. balls. Yes. Oh my. God. Let's not. Let's keep this oh as a family show, Glenn, uh, and, and not the Adams family. What the? What uh, the? Was, the was the follow-up comment? So couple, <laughs> you guys jump in, right? Did that come from the comment section? I I miss that. Um, no. So, so anyway, a couple of things, and uh, yes. what, which makes it hard to broadcast at Yankee Stadium, and is the fact that you are literally 150 to 160 yards away from that goal. That's how far it is uh, from that part of the press section. So where I sit, which is now a different area, I got, I got tired of getting moved out of my section for visiting uh, TV to come in. And so I said, hey, if you're going to move me, I'm moving permanently to the left side of the press box. And that's it. And they're like, all right, fine. Thank you. And so I've moved all the way to the left yeah, side. You of got the a better box. view. You got a better and view. So the I have a, you know, I'm cl much closer to midfield. I'm still very far, but I'm much closer to midfield. Well, but yeah, oh, but by the way, if it wasn't for McMath, that's a 10 nothing game easily. He was very good. You can't blame him on. Well, you can definitely blame him on the, on, on the fourth. He wasn't goal. very. How, how he, was he very good? He, he was. was all, look, there's nothing he could have done on most of those goals except for one, which he two. Two. Which what? which is the second one? The I, sec I know the, the the fourth one by Castellanos is definitely on him because his clearance is horrific. But no, he there's... saved he it Let should me... have been three nothing by the time Castellanos scored that goal. McMath was awful that game, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Okay. Tiago's first goal to make it two nil. Do you see where he is positionally? How far off the line he is? 
Well, he has to come out. He has to does come not out have to point. come out. He do, you trust your defender to cl- to push the player away to create a terrible angle for the shot. That that was Did very he? poor judgment. That Did was he? a. Did the defender do that? What are you talking about? The keeper was out. Because he the defender to. wasn't going to do his he job. Didn't have to because he he had didn't trust it. He was going to do his job, and he was right. Team. He didn't do it. No, no, you're wrong. That was a big goalkeeping error there, okay? My, in my plus, opinion. Plus, you know what? I, that, that, that conversation that the the game should be 4-0 after the first one, and if they score three, it will be 12-0. That's nonsense. That's oh. nonsense because every time you score a goal, there's a different kind of game. Yeah, so if they score that one, maybe one the game end that two zero. I'm right. just talking okay. about. I'm talking I about goalkeeper. By the way, hundred percent. My point so, being, okay. so no, no point then. saved clear goals early and often during the game. So if you want to say it could have been three zero, two zero, or one zero, whatever, he made a ton of really good saves. And I, I, I don't I, think, aside from one goal, Glenn says two. I can't blame him on the other four or five. Three. So. <laughs> The, oh, the that Tiago- was not the three. Well, where, did you see his positioning on Tiago's second goal? What was yes. he doing? Why was he out there? He was in no man's land. He shouldn't have come off his line. He made poor judgment decisions on those two goals, and then he gave the ball to Tati Castellanos for the, the sixth goal of the game. So to he me, tended to come out too often. So it's it's three goals were, were on him. I mean, did he make three saves like that? He made one on Martins. I'm not sure what other saves you're talking about, but maybe I'm just not remembering them well. I'm, I'm really not remembering. One on the, I think it was 0-0. Yep. And it was Thiago who headed, I think, the ball. He saved it, sent it to the corner kick. Yep. Actually, yeah. Thiago was so mad that he's, you know, ripped he the ball. He kicked the ball up to the stands. All the way to the stands, yeah. 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 And then that uh, one. Martins, he stopped Martins as well. And then there was another one that he made a good save, and then the, right. then the goal came. Right. I, yeah, New York I mean, City was basically it was a continuation were... of the second half of the Seattle game, where New York City said, "We're just going forward. We're going to attack," and uh, they had much better luck than they did against Seattle because they created as many and as good opportunities against Seattle. They just couldn't put them in. Stephen Fry stood on his head. And, uh, you know, they missed a couple of sitters as well. They but they could have the easily won that game by more than enough goals if they were to continue to play the way that they played. No, Especially they Seattle gave them a million the prize for that CONCACAF elimination. So they were determined to show that they were not down, that they were keep on going. And, and yes, that they were hurt. And the only way to do it, it was to be, you know, as as perfect or as close as perfect to possible. And that means zero on your goal and as much as you can score. Yeah, the goal they gave up. And I don't want to take away from uh, Tiago's finishes, by the way. They were good finishes. I'm just saying McMath was out of position. And Cassianos, the ball was deflected, but it was on goal. So uh, no own goal. He gets his uh, fourth. And uh, and, uh, hey, so happy that. Tati, Tati, 31 goals in the calendar year. And it's funny because it's exactly the same day from April 17 to April 17. Because remember, wow. the 2021 season started late because of yeah. we're still, you know, dealing with COVID. So the first game was on April 17. That was 2-1 against wow. DC United and Tati scored on that game. 
So from that game until this past weekend, April 17, he had 31 goals in all competitions from right. for NYCFC. I gave your, uh, I used your statistic and, and gave you, uh, gave you some credit on that, John, when it came through. <laughs> I appreciate that. Keep them coming. <laughs> Keep them coming. But that's, uh, that's a goal scorer right there. Yeah. I mean, it is. There's of little. Uh, yeah, and, he's, and, uh, in that calendar year, he's at top out there with Lewandowski and all those top goal scorers in the world. <clears throat> of course, calendars is a little different and competition is a little different, but yes. in the sense of the calendar year, so April 17 through April 17, he's out there. We, we, we do understand that Lewandowski has tougher defenses to deal with than Tati does. In no, MLS. no, but not only that. I mean, he play. I mean, MLS plays, you know, less in, in terms of the calendar year, April to April, Lewandowski plays a little bit more games because he is in other international yeah. competitions. The international competition for NYCFC was done, wasn't that long. That, that kind of stuff that you can take into account when you ask or when you're reviewing the amount of games and goals. So let's go back to uh, training for a moment. And I thought this was a, this was a good site, which we could talk over, but this is, uh, this is Anton Tinnerholm. Just doing some uh, flexibility, and you just these kinds of uh, plyometric uh, drills. If you if you have an Achilles injury, you're not doing it. So he is uh, pretty much cleared for any sort of movement. No contact yet, for sure. But uh, that was one. And then there was one other thing here where he's uh, working out with a ball, side to side, little one-touch passing. So, uh, so Tinnerboom, yep, looking pretty good at Tinner training boom. today. Tinnerboom, I, you know what? That's what they call him. I don't call him that when I see him. I call him Anton. Well, you just did. Well, that's what. Anyway, he told me that he was. So this is last. What is it? Two weeks ago, right? Uh, or almost two weeks ago, he told me that he's going to be back. He should be ready by June, late June, probably early July, but mostly late June, which means that that, that he's literally months ahead of schedule because they didn't have him penciled into the lineup until somewhere in August. So uh, it's really good news for New York city to, to be able to have him back. Well, and just, it's just the other thing, four. John, just once yeah, one more, John here, he mm -hmm. said uh, after training, he said he, he has, a pretty, he has a, after training today. Mm -hmm. So two weeks hence uh, from when Roberto uh, spoke to him, he's got a, an important test tomorrow. He said, it's not a written test. It's, toe raises and it measures his calf and the uh you know everything is muscular percentage and that's how right. they uh, make these determinations as to when you can come back and, and really is the amount it. the amount so, of muscle that he lost you can say it the amount of muscle that you can measure and the difference between when he started the process of healing and the process now and then the strength of that muscle that he still has on him so that's why i'm saying Seeing him today is just one step on that process. Of course, it's a, for him, is it's like a huge relief because smelling the grass, getting the boots on, is just a motivation to keep on going. But it means nothing in the long picture. It changed nothing because at the end of the day, the process is the process. And you, uh, yes, players may want to push that process because they feel their bodies and they understand bodies that more probably than, than the stuff around them. But the work and the job of the staff is holding them accountable for that process because you don't want to risk. 
No, that, that this is an injury. They they said that they were going to be ultra careful about yeah. it. And, and he's also 30 years old, so he's not um, uh, still has plenty left, uh, obviously. But uh, he's uh, he's not a, 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 an early 20s kind of guy where maybe right. and you, the body you would tend to heal a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and there's another important factor in all of this is that Tavon Gray is playing very well, so there's absolutely no reason to rush him back. It's not like you have an urgent position to fill because um, you, you don't have enough depth there. Tavon has done very, very well. I don't think he's Anton Tinnerholm, but he's done very, very well over there, and he gets better every single game. And so you have absolutely no rush to bring Tinnerholm back. We have to remember New York City won a championship with Tavon Gray right back. And I have a question there for you, Glenn, uh, yeah. because because this is on the team and maybe on, on that process that uh, we were talking especially for him. Now that there's the um, MLS Pro Next team, I will say the most ideal scenario is that whenever he or anybody else is physically recovered and physically, you know, free to play, they will have some minutes, probably that progression of having 30, 60 minutes on MLS Pro Next, and then they're ready to be with the first team. Well, There's one caveat there. Is, is that something that you know it? Or don't know not? it. I mean, don't know fact? it. Exactly. But David Lee has said that that team can and potentially will be utilized for players returning from injury. Not a guarantee. Yes. What's your caveat, uh, Roberto? It's an Achilles tendon injury, and it's turf over in St. John's. So I don't know if you really want to run them on turf first because – there, yeah. We believe there's a more of a propensity of injury uh, on that type of surface rather than regular grass if it's a decent surface. Yeah, yeah, no, I think a that's a sense. valid yeah. point. It's a valid point. So maybe maybe if they have a road match on grass, wow, Roberto, then he, uh, yeah. he gets came a, through. Roberto came through. Hey, there's and now, there's another guy at training that played the full training session and probably played his best match since. Uh, the unfortunate news about a blood clot last year. And I'm talking about uh, Keaton parks. So I've got a couple of things from Keaton here, which will be uh, the, the full interview will be heard at halftime uh, on the New York city FC network coming up uh, uh, at the TFC match uh, from city field. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Uh, This Sunday... But here's a couple of things from Parks. First, uh, you know, I, I focused on this most recent game where, uh, I, you know, well, here's what I thought. It, it was a game just observing the way you play that you looked as, as smooth and as comfortable maybe as we've seen you. So did you feel the same way? Uh, I felt pretty good. It, I felt the best I have all season. Um, but at the same time, I still feel like I have that much more to give. So I'm going to keep working on it and, and really get to my, my full potential, my 100%. Um, but I, I did feel good, and I'm, I'm happy that, that it showed. And obviously the, the team helps me play good too. So, What's the, uh, the biggest thing missing uh, from your game? Is it acceleration? Is it the ability to go right or left? What, 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 what aspect of your game is, is not up to your standard? Yeah, it's hard to pinpoint. I think um, it could just be mentally. Um, like I said, I talked to the coaches, and, and they said I've been performing well, and especially this last game, they're happy with the performance. But um, something for me mentally, like, it just didn't seem, or I, I guess I didn't feel like myself. Um, maybe I felt a little bit slow. Um, so I just think I can give that much more. So one thing he's going through also is he has to do, he still does rehab every day, some more intense than others, on the calf area. So it's it's kind of preventative. It's it's preventative. both it's yep. both preventative, but also trying to ha- enhance that area because, as as you can tell, he's not a hundred percent certain about things just yet. And that kind of plays into uh, the question I asked him: uh, Did this sort of injury, which was, you know, it's beyond an injury. It was a blood clot, and you know, it was it was something that had to be looked at seriously. Ha- has that uh, changed him at all? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Um... Even like when I feel like the slightest things now, it almost scares me a little bit more than it used to, uh, thinking that it could be more serious than, than it is like, like this was. Um, but at the same time, like now that I'm like feeling very good again back on the field, like I'm extremely grateful. Um, I'm just happy for any time I get on the field and in games and happy to be with the team. I, I missed a, a big part of our season last year, so I'm just happy to be back. Yeah, that run to the MLS Cup. And and he said he was watching uh, both games that went to penalties. He was sitting with the families, and he said it was kind of fun just to watch everybody's reactions uh, during the PKs. But um, So Keaton Parks, uh, I thought he looked very good, and uh, you heard it from him. He's, he's not there yet, but uh, he's an important cog in this for sure. Let me interject something. I mean, I'm nowhere close to an athlete. Uh, in any way, shape, or form. I just want to put that out there before anything else. At the same time, uh, as athletes, I've hurt myself. And I've yeah, had you, operations. You uh, are an I, athlete because, yeah, you, you got the surgery, I, 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 so you must be an athlete. He <laughs> runs into well, trouble. I'm definitely not an athlete. I'm just a clumsy human being who's gotten hurt. So I've had two operations. I've had, I, I had a minor operation for, um, what was it, my meniscus, also, I stretched out my ACL and MCL, 
and twisted my patella tendon in a 90 degree angle, which was fun. Uh, did that. And after that operation, which was just a very, for, them, for my brother-in-law, a simple operation that took 20 minutes uh, to get everything in order. Uh, it was one of those, what do you call them? Uh, arthroscopic surgery. It was very quick. And all of that. But I mean, recovery was long. Recovery was eight weeks on that. And I really hit PT really, really hard to try to get that knee back into shape. But I never trusted it again. And that's what the point being that, that I never really trusted it. So even though I'm being told, yeah, you can jump and you can do all these things, I would always favor my right leg thinking that something was going to go wrong. And then in 2019, when I broke my, uh, my, my tibula and my, and, my, uh, and my fibula, I mean, that was, uh, you know, it's a horrific injury and it becomes tougher to trust that as well. So uh, I, I know the mentality of that and what he's saying. And, but at the same time, I know that he as an athlete will get over that and won't even think about it. There's going, to be, there's going to come a time where it won't even be part of his thought process anymore and that he'll be able to get through that. It's different for somebody like me, but for somebody like him, he'll get through that because there's lots of evidence of that happening with other athletes that these things have happened to before and he'll get through it. But I fully understand where, where he's coming from because sadly I've been there. Well, I think uh, that's what Anton Tinnerholm's going to go through with an injury like he's had. I've coached athletes that have had the Achilles surgery and it takes a long time. People coming back from an ACL, they need that first tackle without the brace on mm -hmm. before they feel like, woof, okay, it held. It's still tight. Uh, it didn't uh, re-injure and uh, no, it's, and that he goes Keaton, to the mental side too. Well, Keaton yeah. said that he said it's yeah. You know, he thinks it's yeah. psychological right now more than anything. Of course, exactly. Look, I yeah. used to have a a teammate that um, he broke his leg. No, I'm sorry, he broke his arm, right arm, in a, in a tackle. He used full wrongly, broke his arm. He healed, and for a couple of games, probably five six games, he was a forward, and when he was running to get the ball and he felt the defender really close, he just breaks. He didn't run. Just out of fear that he will have the same kind of contact and he will fall. And he needed to work on that to feel comfortable that he will have an impact and nothing will happen to his arm. Remember James Sands, he had an arm injury. I think right. it was a fracture. And then he came back. And I think the determination was he probably came back a little bit too soon because he favored it on a collision instead of using his hand to an arm to prevent the full fall. He landed completely on his shoulder blade mm -hmm. and then had a uh, had that collarbone issue. Right. So yep. And ended up being back to back injury. So, yeah, it's uh, injuries can, you know. And when you're, if you're thinking about it and you're playing, that's uh, it, it, it almost doesn't make sense, but it will until you, until you have that first and it all know, collision, goes you know, in a different direction with every single person. It's just every person handle it in a different way, even with the same professionals, even with the same treatments, even with the same psychological help. Every person is different on that process. So, coming up is a TFC. And Bob Bradley's crew has seemed to have turned it around a bit. You can see him out there, right? Huh? You can see him out there. Out where? Behind me, Bob. Up there. It's up next to the books. Oh, above your head? Yeah, above your head. 
right. Let's, do I have any Bob Bradleys? I still, I just have a uh, Bob Marley. That's not Bob uh, Bradley. With Bob, that's Bob Marley. Close yeah, enough. Close enough. I don't know. Can you see Bob Marley if we go to this shot? No. Yeah, there if you yeah, go there to that shot, you see it. Yeah, yes. there he is. On your right side, yeah. But uh, so, you know, listen, Bradley can coach. Uh, it was almost maybe you wondered how this was all going to go, but um, they're playing hard, which was not always the case last year. And uh, they're unbeaten in four, but they've, they've won three of their last four. And so it's a team that's uh, coming into City Field with certainly a, a higher level of confidence than probably when New York City went there. But Toronto, that, that win really set them uh, on a positive path, I think, against City. Yeah, it's a, as an opposition, you need to keep an eye on Osorio in his situation. He is coming back from a kind of a injury but looks like he will make it through and, and, and play on the weekend uh, because he is really important for them, for Toronto. Uh, and, and at the same time, I want to praise the way that Bob is integrating those um, young talents for that team. I mean, Nelson is playing in two or three different positions, helping a lot. Same thing with Petrasso. And then bringing what Jimenez, you know, can bring to the team. Jimenez was not a huge name in Spain or in Europe. He had a decent career, but he's scoring for Toronto and he's scoring in bunches and, and helping them. And, and I think the, they're figuring out how to work on that system that, we all know he's going to play with that 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1. That's Bob Bradley. And, and, and this is a team that is going to pressure, that is going to run every single ball, that's going to try to get as fast as possible to the opposition goal. That's, that's the fundamentals of the Bob Bradley way of seeing the game. All right. Yeah, four goals in seven games for uh, Jimenez so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, he's, uh, he's done really well. I mean, if we remember the last game, Petrasso and Schaffelberg teamed up against uh, Tavon Gray and made his life miserable in that game. So New York City, I'm sure, will be uh, trying to figure out a way to stop them together. But, you know, New York City has some pretty big issues on, in the back, and we'll address that in a second. But I also saw most of this, the second half of that game, you know, and F Philadelphia peppered them. Philadelphia was on the front foot for that entire second half. I have no idea how they didn't tie the game and go ahead and win it. And, yeah. you know, credit to Toronto for holding on. Uh, Bono was was very good. I thought he made a lot of really good saves. Uh, but they had opportunities galore in that game, and they couldn't finish them. Um, so, and importantly, that was the last unbeaten team in Major League Soccer, Philadelphia. Right. Feel like they were the last correct. unbeaten team. Toronto took that away from them. Yeah. All right, the TFC. So, uh, and that Schaffelberg, uh, Petrasso is it? Was that the, the Italian dude? Yeah, yeah, Petrasso. Yeah, he. Uh, you're right about that. That overload, and it reminds me of uh, maybe not to the same extent, but the first leg Seattle when the uh, Roldan brothers yep. had a field day on Amundsen's side. And what Ronnie right. said in the in the pregame uh, to me, uh, and I think he said it to others as well. But it was. You know, it was just poorly defended because there was a lack of energy to provide the numbers on the switch to get there. So uh, he thought it was, uh, you know, the way he put it, we know how to do it. And and they did it better against the Roldans in the second leg. And I, I would suspect that they'll be uh, uh, more prepared and, and more ready 
whatever they need to be um, for uh, for Toronto FC. So, yeah, uh, we've got um, a question here from uh, Corey Clayton, who uh, follows us closely, uh, has listened a lot. And Corey, what's happening? And this has to do with the transfer window. So I'm uh, staying quiet. And the question is for you and Rob. Say what? It's for you to stop I'm it. staying quiet. The question is for Rob and you. <laughs> Oh, you're God. you're Corey, a pain. John, let me just say this publicly and, too. And John, put John on it because he gets very yeah. sensitive on this stuff. I was gonna say, John, you're a pain in the arse. Okay, I just want to make that clear. And then here it is. And again. I know it. Tell me something I don't know. Could really use depth at fullback and center back. I'll address this first, Roberto and John, and uh, and then <laughs> see what you guys think. Uh, nothing's happening at a fullback in the uh, in the transfer market, and it it comes from. Ronnie Dyla saying the following, and I'm paraphrasing, but we will kill the kids if we bring somebody in because he's saying he's thinking Tinner Holmes coming back. Until then, you've got Tavon Gray, who's got to hold the fort, and then Andres Jason, possibly who you know, and he was referring to Jason at the time because he was playing some fullback. We haven't seen him there lately. Uh, in fact, we saw Nico Acevedo go out there in favor of Jason, so I can't imagine they're they're. The, the staff is particularly pleased with Jason at fullback. I'm sure they think of him more as a wingback, and, and they haven't played in that manner in a while. Amundsen on the left, I think they feel confident with him, and they have a belief in Chris Gloucester. So that's my feeling on the fullback. Nothing's happening there based on Ronnie's words. And then central defense, I mean, I don't think you – you just you just brought in a DP for that position – he may not be playing up to your standard. Not when I say your, I mean, supporters media has eviscerated him uh, on his performances, which, you know, haven't been particularly great yet, uh, but, but he's a DP. Better, you man. brought him in and you should not let be... him grow into the position. Let me, just, the but, let me just complete the thought on Corey's, you know, we need depth at center back and fullback. Chino's coming back. Martins is not injured. Seriously. He'll be back soon. And you've got Collins and then you've got, you know, Luka Latinovich, who may very well start on Sunday. Oh, so if you're oh, if you're oh, saying oh, that, Awuso? and Awuso, Awuso, oh. uh, Awuso, mm -hmm. the homegrown. So right, uh, it's you're just not going to spend money there. That's my opinion. Okay, it's the rest is your guys. Okay, no, I, I, I agree. That's with That's the Blake. main point, right? Yeah. That's the main point. Uh, I There's agree. no reason to spend and and not to panic and just bring someone for the sake of it because that's the big mistake. Correct. Right. And you got to give Vic Latinovich a chance to show that that game against Nashville was in one off bad game as opposed to it's a it's a bad player. So you got to give him a you got to give him a chance and he's gotten a chance to play a little bit with NYCFC 2 which helps. He's come in, you know, uh in a couple of games, you know, to 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 help in the back uh, towards the end of games. So he's gotten a little bit of a chance. Now he's going to get a chance to start again for the first time since that Nashville game where he and uh, Alfredo Morales were a center back pair. And that did not work out very well. And I don't think you're seeing Alfredo Morales in the back well, unless was, it's an absolute emergency. That was difficult. You bring Latinovich in and you don't have a Collins or someone or a Chanel like that next to him to, you know, just help guide him. You've got Morales, who's a veteran player, but not in that position. And uh, also, we don't we don't know that Latinovich is starting yet this Sunday, but the assumption could be in that that's the way they're going to have to go. Also, I'd be remiss if I don't mention this, okay, on, on this uh, podcast. 
Go ahead. Alex, Alex Collins is a stud. blowing the legal way with how well he's playing defensively. He has been fabulous, and the guy deserves credit. The guy deserves to have his name shown in lights because he has been absolutely fantastic. He gets better every single game. He has grown since he's come to New York City. He's earned a starting position for the Peruvian national team. He earned it by his work, by his uh, mentality, and by everything he's done. And he plays better and better for New York City every single game to the point of where I'm starting to get a little bit concerned that somebody in Europe is going to say, hey, we'll give you 15 million bucks for him and New York City would sell him. And I'd be heartbroken for the team because you don't want to see that guy leave because he's really, really good. Of course, if he does want to leave, then you don't want to get in his way, mind you. But uh, I think he's going to be a very hot commodity after the World Cup. He's 29. He's not going back yeah, to Yeah, I know, but trust me. There's a lot of nope. teams that could use a 29-year-old who's no, going to help them defensively. No, happening. No, happening. Why? Because, he's, and his... because he's 29? Yeah. Show me. No but... scout no scout that is going to come to offer a player of that age is going to take it's going to be taken seriously in Europe in the big leagues. Period. It's it's just the game. I know, I understand, I agree with everything you say, and a lot of the way Alex has been growing, and I remember those conversations when he was started to play really well for New York City FC, and we were asking him, what's going on with Peru, why they don't call you, and he was <laughs> like, hey, I can't do anything, I do, you know, I do much, yeah. I play my games, I'll do everything, yeah. but they don't even give me a chance, and when they gave him a chance, and you know what, not only that, but he was in charge of changing the idea that playing in MLS was a bad situation for Peruvian players because he showed that he could hold his four, win that position and contribute to the team. And then other players started to come. And now we see that the Peruvian national team has in every single camp, six, seven, five players from MLS. And that is on Alex Callens. Well because he showed that it is possible. But... It's just the matter of the game. You're it, going it's a to prejudice. Like 30 years old. Period. It's a prejudice that people have against this league, thinking that you're you don't have to be good defensively to be able to play here. It's just good in general to be able to play, and that you'll shine anyway. It's bullshit. I mean, people. And sorry for the cursing, but it is. And we hear this all the time, and people argue against MLS all the time. That people that come here come to bury their freaking careers. It's idiotic. It's people that don't understand the league, don't see the players. But they, you know, they, they talk about this often. You see it on TV, you hear it on radio, you see it on Twitter, and they keep on saying it and saying and saying. And a lot of people wind up believing it. And then you show them, you know, that players such as Alex Callens not only goes to Peru, but improves their defense, changes the way the team is. Because it, I think it was right. It was in Copa America where they were getting blown away. And then all of a sudden they insert him into the lineup and the whole defense changes and Peru and changes. He was, and he then was, Peru he, all of a sudden goes and gets out of its group. And He wasn't started against... He wasn't yeah. started against Brazil <laughs> with Neymar. He wasn't started against Argentina with Messi. And Peru did a great job on defense. Yes. And of course, yes. it's not on him. The defense is the whole system, right? From the way the forward is defending all the way through. Of course. But he was there being a solid rock on that back line. 
the way he is, whatever he is, he plus, we got to have this. He is a very healthy guy. So his dedication to the game is so much that his body is well taken care of. He's not injured. He's not prone to injuries. He had an injury last year, I think. But until then, he was not missed one game of his career in MLS, not one minute. If you remember in his first season, he didn't miss a minute of play, and then he got that red card in Columbus. Right. And they wound up losing that game four to one. So uh, yeah, he's been he's been lights out, he's been fantastic. And I think that people that look at this league have to look at him and say, All right, MLS isn't a place where you come to ruin your career, but you can actually enhance your career. Well, and he did it. Yeah. He came from the second division in Spain. Yeah. He wasn't in Spain's second division, and he wasn't, you know, Peru didn't have him on his radar, not even the national team. No one, not the media, not the fans, they forgot about him, period. Mm -hmm. yep. and, and he started to be in the mix when he was playing here. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. You know, one of the things that people don't see, okay, because they believe that the league is non-competitive, right? They believe, and we've talked about this, that they bring in bad defenders and bad goalies on purpose so we can up the entertainment value, right? This is talked about a lot by major pundits, okay? We're not talking about random fans from the middle of America or Mexico or whatever, and this is what they freaking believe, all right? And, but it's, not, it's only partly, well, this personal prejudice towards the league and trying to make their league look better, one, two. They've never been to a practice. They've never been to an MLS practice, okay, and seeing how guys are fighting for their positions every single practice, that they've got to give out everything that they have, because if not, they're going to lose their starting position, or they're going to wind up losing minutes. And these guys never see it. They think it's all a walk in the park and that nobody gives a crap, and it's anything but that. It's a total lack of respect because they don't really cover the league, they don't follow the league, and they really shouldn't be talking about the league because they don't do any of that. So, but they will, and they're not going to be stopped. And as a matter of fact, they're going to be encouraged to talk about it, especially when Seattle I, plays Pumas in two right. weeks. A lot of that is I, going to continue. Okay. That, I, yep. That point's been made over and over and over again. But I understand what I understand. Hear it. I understand your point. Yeah, but the Mexican media is not listening to our podcast either. So, uh, you're just going to have to keep plugging away on, on social, social media. media. I swear you keep plugging away on social media and, and we'll uh, we'll do our thing here. You can like extract Crookshire. this and put hey, it out there. This will be, by the way, anybody that happens to be watching or listening while they're cooking dinner, whatever they're doing right now, uh, this will be published as a podcast. 
uh, and uh, WFAN uh, will uh, put it on their website and we'll have all that. And it's uh, just a, a, a wonderful thing. Uh, just a couple of other things here before we, uh, before we break. Uh, so the, the managers who are gone, uh, Matias Almeida out at San Jose. Uh, and I, I'd like to actually maybe spend more time on Hernan Losada since he's uh, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, but, John, I do know that you, you, you followed Almeida pretty closely uh, with San Jose. And um, kind of interesting, Tommy Thompson. It, that's I got that right, right? Tommy Thompson yeah. put yeah. On, out on his Instagram how much he and his staff meant to him and changed his life. And, you know, wasn't specific, but obviously they were. He, he learned Spanish. Him. He's a fluent Spanish speaker because of Almeida and that staff. Okay. Did he that play? was one of the things that he did. Okay, is he a better player? I mean, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> and and, and well, he, he thinks it, I, I think he was more talking about that he made him a better human being, more well, more yeah, so than a better his, player. His pause was that I mean, these guys changed my life forever. That's what he said. Yeah, didn't well, say and, his soccer life. He's just talking about his life. It's no, and that's beyond the field. Those are those are considerations I think are are, are pretty important. Personal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Yes. No question. No question. But. Uh, the the inconsistency in results on the field and uh, whether Almeida really wanted to be there. I mean, all these sorts of things along the way. I mean, it's um, so he and now uh, Chris Leach, who has had various roles, is going to be is the interim manager for now. Right. Is that correct? No, no, oh. no, no, no. It's not him. He's still general manager. He he's was interim, interim manager a while back, but uh well, who's the interim Before manager? Almeida, but now he's general manager. And uh, who? I, I know think he's Ralston. No, 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 no. Alex Covello. Alex Covello. Alex Covello. <laughs> right. All right. And Alex then Juan... Covello, who has been an assistant and who has been around the organization for a few years now, he right. is now the interim coach. He was the one who coached the game last night in U.S. Open Cup, and, okay. and he's going to stay with that post. And um, Leach, what? You know, if, if you follow what Leach said, most likely uh, he is probably going to finish the season. I mean, because yeah. they said we're not in a rush. We're not going to uh, hire the first, you know, candidate that we see. We're going to have a thorough uh, search and they taking only slowly and they should. At the end of the day, they should, because this was the point that I was to start to make when we were talking about Matias at the beginning, Glenn, and those who follow the league and San Jose Earthquakes as an organization and those who follow Matias Almeida's career, we had the, the fear that this will finish the way it did when he was introduced as a coach. We wanted to be successful, like Hopefully this is true. Hopefully this organization is ready to um, to give everything that they are actually saying they will give and do whatever they're saying they will do so Matias can have that project going. But if San Jose keeps being San Jose and Matias keeps being Matias, this is not going to end fine. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened. Yeah. Because Matias yeah. didn't change a bit. And San Jose changed probably for the run. I don't know. But the point is, all the promises that were made were not there at the end of the day. And Matias right. felt like he had a project in his hands 
he was tied to a long contract without the tool that he was promised to work with. And if you check, yes, they revamped the roster, they changed players they uh, during those seasons. But go and check how those players came in. Free transfers, loans. 80% of players that play for Matias before and are playing for him because basically what they're doing is, okay, let's have get into a, an agreement here, right? You do us a favor, you come in, and we give you do a favor for you because you are out of contract and you have one or two options, and being here is a good option for you. So it's easy for us, easy for you. And at the end of the day, you're not creating a solid, deep, strong roster, you are filling holes here and there with those kind of players. And it's yeah. tough because if you don't have the money, you don't have the resources, you don't have to, you know, and 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 San Jose can be more than that, but we know that they're not willing to be more than that. Right. So John Miller, the owner, doesn't really put a lot of money into it. As a matter of fact, he also owns the Oakland A's and he doesn't put any money into them. They just had their worst opening day attendance-wise in the history of the franchise. I think it was 14,000 people. So he's having problems with all of his teams because he's more seemingly interested in real estate buys than anything else. He's also the owner of Celtic. This guy isn't poor, by the way. He's worth somewhere in the vicinity of $3.5 billion. So he's not poor. But he's also one of the, the owners that puts the least amount of resources into his team. Now, people think of San Jose as a small market team. This is insane. San Jose is closer to San Francisco than Santa Clara. Now, why do I mention Santa Clara? Santa Clara is a place where Raiders. they build the stadium for the uh, what do you call for the San Francisco 49ers. Okay, that is much farther away than San Jose is. San Francisco is a major television market. It is a major market in general, and they should be spending as a major market. In the first three years, I believe, of the new stadium, they sold out every single game. 18,000 people were always there. And because of the fact that they've let this franchise wane and go down, even with the hiring of Almeida, but not the not, not bringing in people, right? Not bringing in good players. Then, you know, people have started leaving. Their last game, not the U.S. Open Cup game, but the one that they tied 2-2 on the weekend, they only had 10,000 people there. I mean, that is insane for that market. But they've earned it. They've earned it by the way that they've run that team and by not spending on players and having a very, very small mentality. I've made this point time and time again because of Liga, uh, because of Champions League and everything else. MLS not only has to loosen their, their salary cap and make the cap higher, they've got to elevate the floor. And if they want, if this league wants to really be competitive and make all their markets really competitive, then they have to have a ceiling. Fine, I get that, but they must have a floor. And the floor has to be somewhere of 80 to 85% of what the ceiling is. You can't have teams spending $20 million and other teams spending eight. You can't have that. It's not good. And teams are going to go and fall by the wayside. And then they're going to wind up moving. And fans are going to lose their franchises. All these things happening because you don't invest in teams. So this is one of the things that fundamentally has to change in this league. And it's not, Glenn, it's not that 
you know, I'm defending Matias and it's all on the organization. I mean, for a marriage to go sour, you need two people, right? So it's yeah. the same thing here. This kind of relationship, you need both sides. And, and I think Matias should, in a way, find the legal element to get out of that contract as soon as he saw that the, the promises were not there, right? Instead of keep pushing and trying and fixing holes and putting himself on that just because he had that contract, right? Mm-hmm. And, and then he, yes, he changed a little bit of that man-to-man pressure on the field. He learned a lot. I mean, he recognized that the experience in MLS made him a better coach because he understood some elements of how to change his perception, his system. And, and, but, you know, when you, when you got the, so much of a, of a um, requirement and so much of pressure on your players and you don't have a huge big roster, then you're making a lot of mistakes because at the end of the day, those players are getting tired, injured, and, and not reacting the way that you want them to react because you're using the same players over and over and over again. So that hurts the team too in, in terms of results. But I was saying early this morning, I mean, this these two cases of Matias and Lozada, they both have a lot of elements in common. And, yeah. and one of those elements too is, is that they were brought in not believing in what they were doing with them as a coaches, but to to re, like to renew the image of the organization on their fans. Remember, Jesse Fiorinelli was the guy who hired Matias and he was let go on the first year, at, at the end of the first year, I think. And bringing Matias was a way for Fiorinelli to hold on to her seat because he was making mistake after mistake with players, coaches in San Jose. So bringing a name like Matias, you know, help him in a way to hold his post and wait a little bit and see if that idea and that uh, uh, process will give him some kind of fruits, right? At the end of the day, he left and Matias was let go with a different kind of, of, of general manager and, a, you know, more like uh, institutional structure for him to work with. And so everybody was on the same boat as like him. In some ways, you know, well, same thing with same thing with Lozada. I mean, he came in and he was told that he would change anything. And if you remember the first, I don't know, three, four months of his tenure, he was always saying, I was brought in here to change absolutely everything and everything here has to change. And he may change the boss and the fitness. And this year, the the uh, the all the health staff around the club, but at the same time, they have so much of a, a strong belief in the way they do things that everybody has to say, be in the same boat. Otherwise, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Well, John, so if you- they will bring in just for that, you know, it's it's going to go sour at some point. Well, the you know, I've uh, wanted to talk to Lasada uh, for my uh, Sirius XM, the coaching academy show. Right. He's got time now. Well, no, I well, I did end up speaking to him, uh, and I had requested uh, Sirius XMFC was doing an MLS uh, preview uh, show each day on all the different teams. So I requested, I mean, if you do DC United, can can you get me Lasada? And and I got it. So I, I want to play a brief clip, John, because I think this uh, kind of 
illuminates uh, what you're saying a bit. Uh, and you'll see me. You'll see Hernan Lasada, who was fired this morning by D.C. United. And you'll see Andy Snakowski, who's my producer, who for some reason left his camera on. But uh, here we go. Hernan, last year it had two sides, really. I mean, there was, uh, in, in many ways, it was an exciting year for the franchise and the supporters. But then you also came up one point short of a, of a playoff berth. So mixed emotions there? Yes, of course. Um, we worked very hard to reach that goal. And we came short one point. Um, and at the same time, like you say, was a very exciting season. Um, my first one at the MLS. And the first one where we created a lot of ch changes compared with the last 10, 12, 15 seasons in this United. And uh, the goal for the first year was definitely not only try to do our best to achieve the playoff, but also to create a new culture, to create a new environment, a new uh, style of play. And I think we did it. Mm, the fans were excited to watch our games. We had one of the best records uh, at home. We were the fourth um, best offensive team in the league. And that's the type of, of football we, we want to play. And um, my goal was that the day of tomorrow when any neutral supporter was watching at the TV uh, any DC United game, that you could identify the, which team was, was us and what kind of, of soccer we were playing. So from that point of view, very glad, very happy with the progress. A progress that I didn't expect to be this quick. Uh, now, of course, we need to put that progress into results. Didn't expect to be this quick. And now he's given uh, six games in 2022, two wins, four losses at home. He, he mentioned home, just one win in four matches. And uh, the most recent match and the one that probably sealed his fate, uh, up 2-0 on Austin. They scored three goals. You thought it was over before the Austin game? Yeah, it's just because of the the relationships for them relationships are more uh, super important like i said they they ask a lot of those players you know losada for example the first thing the players do when they come into the facilities is wave you know <laughs> every single day and they being told what to eat what not to eat when to rest what not to everything they they try to control every single element and for some players that is huge you're going to hear from players in the coming hours and days from this United saying, they made me a better professional. They made me grow. I understand now that this is the way if I want a 15 years career, that kind of stuff, right? But for others, it's just, I need my liberty. I need my freedom. I need to do something on my own. I don't need a voice in my ear every single minute of my day with what I'm doing, you know? Because on that facility, for example, they have schedules to the minute, basically. This and that and that and that and that. It's pressure for some people. And then for that, again, you need everybody on the same boat. And in the organization, you have changes and you don't have the belief that this is the way. Then relationships go sour, not only with players, with the organization. And then you start seeing in the way they speak on the media, right? Instead of talking about the young guys and the, and, and, and the way they are doing this process, they started to talk about, you know, complaints about the field, the train on, complaints about the travel. Those elements tell you that the relationships are 
going sour. Mm-hmm. Well, so uh, two coaches down in MLS uh, and Chad Ashton uh, looks like he'll be the interim the rest of the way for uh, uh, DC United. And we didn't mention that Wando is going to be an assistant for right. uh, San Jose. For San Jose. So. Yeah, for San Jose. Let me add something just quickly. Okay, Stephen Goff of uh, the Washington Post has a thread, a very good thread. Um, that he uh, got from the, um, which soccer pod is this? Hold on. The Z soccer podcast, which is Julian Gressel and Fabian Evers that yeah. they do. And it's Julian a good one. Gressel plays for DC. Yeah. yeah. Uh, talks about it. And uh, uh-huh. I, I think it's a really good thread that you, sh- that you should read. And it, 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 it talks about a lot of the stuff that John was talking about. The fact that he made them better professionals and all of that. But at the same time, he trained them so hard into the limit that they were this close to getting injured and a lot of people wound up getting injured it thought that it was a little bit too much and again a lot of people bought into it at first not everybody bought into it at the end and it became a a big issue and you know when you start having that sort of issue and then you're not having results to go along you know if you have if you if you're winning all the time you know then maybe you put up with that and you can do that but when all of a sudden you're not it's a big issue. Yeah. And then, you, you know, you have guys like Kai Kamara who scored two goals and then gets kicked out of a game. And one of the yellows is because it took a shirt off. And it's it freaking idiotic that that happens. And they held a 2 nothing lead until the 80th minute. And then they allowed three goals. So the team absolutely lost concentration. Because even with 10 men, you should be able to see out a 2 nothing game. But they weren't able to do it. I mean, they just totally lost the boat. And coaching you know, is partly, has to be partly responsible for that. It can't just be on the players on the field. Remember what he said, Glenn? As soon as he got here, he said, and he got into the preseason, I got players that did not look as a professional. They were all out of shape. Remember? No, I remember you were on the first press. Threw Ben Olsen under a bus and ran over him, and then he backed it up. But the point is yeah, that, I mean, right. they, they brought him for that. They right. gave him the he, keys of the kingdom. And that's what he said. It's oh. different than the last 10, 12, 15 years, as he, uh, as he put exactly. it in that. Uh, all right, guys. Well, uh, we look forward to the weekend when uh, New York City uh, plays host to Toronto on Sunday, uh, 4.45, uh, our airtime on the New York City FC Network, English and Spanish Radio City Field. So uh, a new venue to, uh, to broadcast from in Queens. So I'm sure they're all excited over there at Corona Park and, and the uh, surrounding area uh, that the uh, New York City's coming. I need Jackson to Heights to show up. I, I need I need Roosevelt Avenue to close down at 4:30 and walk over to the stadium and show up. And bring some of your great food and bring it up to the oh, Corona. Yeah. I think we're doing that by Elmore's, the way. After the Corona Elmore's is Elmore's Jackson Heights. Jackson Everybody Heights? should be there. Get there. We're going to go get, get some churrascos or something. We're, we're, right. we're going to go do something. And just uh, news from training today, Maxi Morales, Maxime Cheneau, and Tiago Martins all training on the side, not with the uh, full team. So that's it for me, Glenn Crooks. There's John Rojas. Just Roberto Abramowitz, Soccer in the City, live on a Wednesday evening. And again, this will be uh, republished as a podcast for you and available on WFAN, and I'm sure – John will be the first to tweet it out. Roberto will be very close behind. So uh, look out for it then. Guys, thanks a lot. Have a great night. And we'll talk to you soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.